What's up, Buckos? It's Jake and Mitch. Back for another week of Bingo Hall Boys. We didn't forget you. Winter is coming. It's Let's get this show going. I might cut that last part. We're going to be talking Vince McMahon. Why won't he die? The Ring of Honor lack of a TV deal. Touching on Mandy Rose, probably a better way to say that. And we'll review Winter is Coming, uh, which was oh, really, really other great. <laughs> a great show. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. You didn't do show notes. We're flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, you know who else was flying by the seat of their pants? Vince McMahon, and look where that got him. No time for banter. We're jumping right in. Mitch, I obviously have no idea what I'm doing. Please start steering the ship this before this turns into like a one-man show. All I could hear is Marshall uh, Erickson's voice in my head or uh, Jason Siegel. It wasn't even a Marshall Erickson thing. It was He was uh, I Love You Man when he was doing a an interview with Paul Rudd and they were both <laughs> ached out of their minds and it was like this low budget reporter doing the interview with them and he was trying so hard to keep it professional they both got the weak giggles going on and they start talking about like I don't know it was like a deviant demon or something like a ghost that was talking <laughs> and Jason Siegel just goes this has gone horribly awry <laughs> that's all I can think of but uh, Kennedy McMahon. My, yeah, speaking of going horribly yeah. awry. Still not dead and allegedly very upset with himself about stepping down because now that he's out of the spotlight, I guess, you know, public nukes about all his sexual assaults and hush money and things have kind yeah. of settled. So what better time than to try and come back? And like the day before his like vice documentary dropped talking about how terrible he was <laughs> it's like a 20 million dollar lawsuit against him dude so uh break this down for the people who might not have heard what what happened this week um regarding the the vice doc like what do you want <laughs> just every like okay oh. so i i'll, I, I'll get this so <laughs> Report came out that Vince McMahon is deeply upset with the people who were close to him. Nick gone. And Stephanie, let's let's call a horse a horse. Um, those two convinced him to leave. He's upset about it. He wants to come back. And uh, <laughs> Wall Street Journal's like, so yeah, he wants to come back. Here's also two more allegations. Dude, this is insane. And like, there's the discourse around this is so gross because there's all these people who are like, oh, WWE is so much better creatively without him there. I'm like, oh my God. Barely, barely. You went from like an F minus to a D minus. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And then the other side is just like, finally, he needs to come back and write the ship. Like he shouldn't have left in the first place. This guy is the hero of wrestling. I, sorry, sports entertainment. 
this discourse is the worst. And as much as I want Vince McMahon to die and go away, we're leading off our show with him. If anybody thought for one second that Nick Khan's goal from day one wasn't to take over and kick Vince out, I've I've got a prince for you to meet. Like it was it was clear from day one that was the end game. That's always been the end game. Yeah. It's not a moron. I mean, he literally climbed the Mortal Kombat ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- yeah, the entire time we were telling you this, like, we're that's what this dude does. Um, I never beat it. <laughs> I got really close, and then the power went out. You should have, you should have saved during the game. You know, auto save. Yeah, like the kids have these days. Um. Thing on my Sega Genesis, and you just die when you turn the power off. It's yeah, great. It's so easy. Um, the reason I wanted to lead off the show with this is because um, I don't think anyone else is really talking about this, uh, and I might just be talking out my ass. I think WWE is in a financially very precarious place right now. There's uh, a lot to that. Their TV deal is coming due soon. And based off of that last investor call, I would not be confident if I'm an investor. Nick Khan really did nothing to sell himself publicly to Fox, let alone uh, USA Universal, you know, all that. I think things could go really, really wrong. And there's a couple things to watch for. And they all have to do with Nick Khan. If Nick Khan uh, takes a step back or you hear rumblings of Nick Khan, uh, I mean, if he ultimately jumps ship, it's going to be to someone he's attached to. So that's he's either going to try to jump to Fox or he's going to try to jump to NBC Universal. I think NBC Universal is much more likely. You're going to hear rumblings about that. That means there is definitely smoke to the fire. And I think the other thing to look out for is if they keep letting Vince McMahon talk. Um, I don't think there's anything that they can do to stop him, but it's going to be really interesting to see if WWE has the balls to distance themselves from him more than they already have. Um, I think all sides are trying to ride this out, but this could get really bad really quick. On the TV negotiations beyond anything that happened in the investors call beyond anything with Vince if we just look at the number they paid last time and the amount of ad revenue this program brings in, it's it's not a winning deal and it's not necessarily worth the investment. I don't think they're headed for a big renewal. I think they're facing a steep cut and they're not getting a bidding war like they had before. There will be no bidding war of 2024 for the WWE rights. It, it will be... I, they have very few places they can go very few places they can go and it's not going to be anywhere near the the billion dollars that Fox paid. If they get the same deal or an increase from Fox, that is one of the dumbest possible things that Fox could do. Like you said, they're not bringing in anywhere near what they, they have invested. The numbers for SmackDown, which is the more popular show continues to drop. And you can tell me all you want about, you know, the channel change and all that stuff. 
listen, Fox is in almost every home in America. A lot of people get it for free. WWE is not bringing in that much money if all the viewers who just don't watch that week are on free TV. Um, adver- yeah, like you said, they're just not making the money from the advertisers. So um, we are a pretty anti-WWE podcast for the most part, just because we call them out on their bullshit. But I don't just think that this is coming from naysayers. They're in a very precarious spot. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this play out. I mean... If you're, oh wow, I definitely had something spicy on my finger and definitely poked my eye with it. That's fun. <laughs> was a bad Dude, that's the worst. That's the worst. What was the what was the hot sauce or the spice? I don't know. I think it's I think it's just actually some seeds from some poblanos I was cutting up for dinner, and they're not like a spicy pepper by any stretch. They're fairly mild, but like any pepper seed is still a seed. So yeah. Definitely better than what I got it when I was uh, making some hot sauces with some some scorpions and whatnot. That was the hell on earth when I accidentally got a tiny bit near my eye. But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, Fox. If if Warner Brothers Discovery went a little sideways with AEW, that's well, deal for Fox. We'll talk about them whenever it comes to Ring of Honor because I think that there's a story that will be breaking within the next couple months about Warner Discovery. But continue your thought. I mean, that's... If we're looking, it's the same product category. It's, I mean, it's different for us, but from their perspective, it's the exact same shit. They don't care about the differences between the companies. It's combat entertainment. That's all it is to them. It's... Mm -hmm. Jock soap opera. That's all they see. Cheap live TV, really. It's not in-house programming. It's, you know, relatively loyal fan bases for a large portion of the viewership. And it's going to come at like 50% of the price of what they paid for the other one. (laughs) There's there's a lot going on in the wrestling world. And it's going to be a very interesting year or two of TV negotiations. I don't do this too often because people that cover this are better than me. I've been saying that Fox should go after AEW before Joe Lanzon voices of wrestling did it. And I said it before Meltzer said it on any of his forums. I think it is an absolute slam dunk business venture for them. Are you kidding me? Like, and you know for a fact that they would do a similar number, if not a little bit worse. But if you're not paying a billion dollars for it, who cares? Plus, it also fucks over Connecticut so bad that they have nowhere to go but the USA Network, Sci-Fi, or just go straight to Peacock. Um, I'm pulling up even just like, I mean, I know every night of TV is a little bit different, but if we're looking at Monday's ratings and where AEW usually slots, if we put them at the slight increase to be on a Monday instead of a Wednesday for TV, they're literally just the program below WWE. In terms of your actual rankings, it's no different. (laughs) If Dynamite's on Fox, they would destroy WWE in the ratings and it wouldn't be close. Um, all the ratings talk kind of got silly um, before we just stopped really t- covering it because no one's saying anything wise and everything that's been said has been said. 
unless anything crazy happens. That all of that said, I'm extremely interested in tomorrow's dynamite rating. Or sorry, tonight's dynamite rating dropping tomorrow. Um that's I think that's gonna be a huge tell uh to see if they're in a downward trend or not. Um so yeah, all that said, WWE could be in a bad, bad way and could be selling cheap to Universal. <laughs> that's that's the unfortunate bidding war of 2024 they're going to find themselves in. I had a pun that would segment into one of the things later in the show, but I'm not going to do it. Instead, we'll move over to Ring of Honor and their lack of a TV deal. I think we mentioned this maybe very, very briefly in our final battle review, but we didn't. It was really... in. It was in passing. Yeah, we didn't really go into any detail about it, but uh, Ring of Honor's weekly programming, which we're getting. I guess we talked about when it's coming. Which because... you called your shot. You yeah. called it. Um. Yeah, we know it's going to be kind of early January when the announcements are going to flood in after that early California sweep and everything. Um. But it's it's not on TV. They did not get the TV deal then, and that is really significant, especially comboed with shortly after the extension for Dynamite was first signed, Tony Khan lost one of his connections. The guy who was responsible for getting it on TNT mm-hmm. in the first place left. Uh, I guess now Warner Brothers Discovery, it wasn't even merged yet. Uh, or I guess it was like when they merged that he left. So, yeah. Two more people from high up in that like executive folder of the branch have also left. And they were two of Tony's and AEW's biggest supporters, mm-hmm. which is not, not nothing. So. Do you think that they're going to get a better deal than they currently have from Warner Discovery? Um, so the current one was four years at one seventy-five total, right? Rumored. I mean, but, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we if we go with that number, I think we're looking at right now three years at. I mean, it might be three years at one seventy-five. They might just cut a year off the deal. It's not going to be. We're not getting a seven hundred and fifty million dollar deal out of out of Warner Brothers right now. Um, Relatively similar to what it was. I think we're going to see an increase in revenue on that part of the deal. Have you heard the dirty little secret that's making its rounds about why Ring of Honor didn't get a TV deal? Oh. It hasn't been confirmed, and Tony Khan has not denied it. It is extremely possible that before they did that merger um, and AEW was launched, it was launched with Warner owning a like a sizable stock, like stock, not stock, but like share in the company. I don't know how, how you say this. I, I think... I think they own a bit of the company, which is why he couldn't look elsewhere for TV. Um, no one mentioned this at the press conference. Like no one, no one thought to ask, which was baffling to me. Um, Cause the TV deal was like the biggest thing on the table. 
Uh, and the fact that they didn't even want to put it on something like true TV, which is the, like, that was, I called, <laughs> I called the shot totally wrong. Um, yeah, I basically hook shot the ball into the parking lot. I missed so bad on that one. It, it's not good for Tony Khan specifically on his investment for ring of honor. Um, I think honor club will make a little bit of money. Um, we're probably going to end up having to split a subscription. And I think a lot of people are going to be doing stuff like that. I don't, I don't think people are going to, you know, go crazy going out of their way to watch ring of honor. I think Tony Khan is also in a perilous position whenever it comes to negotiating for TV. Um, this could get very bizarre or the fact that they didn't even put it on HBO max proper. That feels weird. And I've seen it reported that people are like, well, it's just on honor club for now. Tony Khan said it would be changing. He didn't say that. He said there was hopes to do something with them later down the road. He didn't say that there was something coming. Um, I'm very interested to know why talks fell through. Cause if it was something as stupid as having the Briscoes, then just don't have them in your company. Like what was it about ring of honor? That was so like such a turnoff that they didn't want to give them any money for it because shit, if I'm Tony Khan, I would even do it for 40 million just to cover my ass for the acquisition cost. Be like, uh, it's like 40 a year or some shit like that. I, there was nothing. And I am dying to know what the negotiations were like. I mean, let's just so this doesn't get misinterpreted. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again. Tony did not pay 40 million for ring of honor. We know this. The financials came out. There's zero chance. He paid 40 million at most. He paid five. This is five. Yes. I heard. So we haven't, we don't know the number. I would be willing to go as low as 20. $5 million would be insane. 100%. It's not even debatable. There's there's evidence for this. We've seen the financials. We've seen the numbers that Sinclair had in revenue for sale of assets. It's impossible for Tony to have paid more than $5 million for Ring of Honor. Or five and a half. Wow. It's like this was confirmed fuck before... Before death, before his dishonor, we knew this. For oh, sure. well, yeah, fuck me. I must have either not known this or forgot. Yeah, so that's totally on me. Financials for Sinclair came out, and it's, I mean, it's clear. It's impossible for it to have been anywhere near what it was rumored. So that means that Tony Khan's already made his money back from Ring of Honor. And he said exactly that at the press conference, too. He said, like, the sale of these pay-per-views has been so strong. I've basically recouped my original investment to purchase the company. He's already made profit then. And we, I mean, we go 40 bucks that, you know, he got 25,000 buys, maybe a show. So, you know, 50%. Yeah. You know, he's already there. Damn dude. Yeah. Well, thanks for setting that straight because that really does kind of change the picture. I still don't think that changes the way that I feel about it, though, where oh, not getting a deal is a huge disappointment. It makes it even weirder. <laughs> I mean, I would assume he's working on the tape library. Hopefully. Did anyone even ask if he owns the full tape library or what they're working on or what the time frame looks like? 
There were uh, so many questions that weren't asked in that presser. It was a, it was, it's really disappointing. Yeah, we have no timeline, or if he's working on it, he definitely he owns literally everything the Ring of Honor ever had, even like the fucking TV the, cameras. Yeah, all. the physical assets. Yeah, he literally owns all of it, but no clue when or if it's going to get get converted and how that process is going. So far, Honor Club's basically exactly what it was. There might be a few more things, but it's much better organized. Um, so, what are your thoughts on all of this now that you've set the record straight as far as that financial stuff? I think the play is to just switch the ring skirts and do a show for Dynamite and a separate taping for Rampage where you tape an hour of Ring of Honor after. So you get two two-hour live gates and markets. And then it's a little more justifiable that Ring of Honor is just an Honor Club streaming service for a while. And it works as a suitable way for a lot of the guys to get their reps in when they kind of disappear and get cycled out for a while without getting getting rusty because i think that has likely been a complaint of a fair amount of the roster guys too i mean even dustin was talking about it recently like not wrestling as much you need to keep a certain quota to kind of you know stay ring ready and that's yeah sport you need competition you need practice you can't ice yourself for four months and expect to come back and be where you were before so or improve yeah, so I think for the amount of investment he's had to put into Ring of Honor and the potential for giving a second home for AEW guys to stay fresh when they're not on TV, mm-hmm. no issue there from a negotiating perspective where he kept saying, we're just trying to find the right deal, blah, blah, blah. Like, if I want to just put it on anywhere, it'd be there. I want to find something that makes sense. Huge fail. All right, uh, moving on. What do we got next? Well, I have no segues for fails, and I've forgotten my joke I had earlier to segue into this. Mandy Rose has been released from (laughs) WWE. She was the NXT champion for, I think, over 400 days, so like a year and a third, basically. Um, after getting kind of sent back down off the main roster, I don't know if it was a rehab thing or to bring some other people, whatever the hell they did it for, they did it. She stayed down there for over a year, dropped the title to Roxanne Perez, formerly known as Roxy, or the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion before she signed, and the company folded mm-hmm. last winter. Um, the plan allegedly was always that Roxy was beating Mandy, but it wasn't going to happen that quickly. Um, it happened that quickly because the decision to let her go was made in a little more haste than normal. Stories flying left and right about exactly how it went down. But what is relatively uncontested is that it had a lot to do with her OnlyFans equivalent, we'll say. It's not OnlyFans, it's another like kind of knockoff version of a fansly or fan site or fan time. I, I honestly don't know what one it's called or if those are all even things or if I'm making. Oh, sure. Feign ignorance on the, you don't know what her page is. Okay. So I, I think <laughs> I've conducted a bit of independent research to verify some of these stories. However, oh, uh- Hard-hitting journalism. I we appreciate you and yeah, your hard work. Integrity on this story was very high. The, Thank you for your service, sir. The legal integrity compared to an act of piracy was less high. 
<laughs> so I have that's the Mitch I know. I have verified the content at an affordable rate of zero. And Only the marks pay for that. Yeah, um, and they're paying a lot. I did. I've, again, I don't remember how much same. is it per month. Forty bucks a month. <laughs> Forty bucks <laughs> of motherfuckers are paying. Bro, do you know how many subscribers she has? No, and no one knows for sure. The rumors mm. flying are that she's actually making more off that than her WWE contract, which... I have heard that she makes a lot more off of that than she does. And I think the same is uh, could be said for Tony Storm. I think she was... For a yeah. lot of them. Um, what we which I don't know if she's going or not. I just, I heard that she broke records her first day. I don't know if yeah, that's continued. Uh, it's not my scene. I mean, Alicia Newman, the vaulter I was talking about a few weeks ago, she made $75,000 in her first three yeah. hours of her OnlyFans, and hers was at 25 a month. We would have to assume Mandy Rose on WWE television on the main roster at that point. She is a superstar, Mitch. Had a little more notoriety than an unknown Canadian pole falter in a time where the sport was barely happening because of COVID. But one of these things is not like the other. So <laughs> bank and probably was like, well, I'm not shutting it down. I'm making way more fucking money. Shove it up your ass. And like, okay, bye, bye. And that's pretty much how it resolved. The, uh, the content was, for anybody familiar, Less risque than Paige Van Zant's, but more risque than basically any others. Um, for the millennials in the crowd, it was very much late night Latin lover on cable TV when you were 12 years old. Which <laughs> somebody listening and they know what I'm talking about. But that's, that's the story. Mandy's gone. Yeah, so... Someone asked, so she's going to AEW, right? I'm like, who cares? Why? Who cares? Why would she? <laughs> like, why is that even at the question right now? Hey, Mitch, she was a dual champion, okay? She was the champion of NXT and uh, the Europe thing. Was she the European champion? What What's the name of the thing? Oh, the UK one when they merged them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was, hey, she's a wrestler. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I have no feel on this story. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever even seen her quote unquote wrestle before. Uh, I know for a fact, I don't think I've seen her sports entertain. So uh i just i've heard the name that's all you would know her from because she was a tough enough winner so she is 100 percent a product of connecticut through and through well good uh good luck in her future endeavors i mean she seems to be cleaning up so yeah the hilarity of the AEW thing is there's like zero chance they would pick her up based on her fiance None other than Tino Sabatelli, aka the dude who got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sorry, I laughed over what you were saying. Please repeat that for the listeners. Who this dude is? Tino Sabatelli, 
former NXT jobber got his big tryout on AEW Dark and promptly got booted never to return because he was the leak for the spoilers during the height of COVID that Jericho was referring to and saying, we know who it was and that motherfucker will never work here again. Um, it was Tino, so pretty sure we won't be seeing Mandy anytime soon. That's really funny. Um, but yeah, speaking of joining AEW, are there like any free agents out there right now who are like desirable besides Sasha? Like, who's the market's pretty uh, dry, isn't it? There's not a lot that I can think of that's actually free anywhere. I mean, the closest to free, they're kind of tied up with like MLW, I guess. <laughs> Um, like there's there's nobody right now that I can think of. I mean, Kylie Ray is now in WWE. That is a officially. Thing. Officially, she debuted like oh, a tryout. Um, I forget what, was, but crazy. she was on their little like main event dark kind of pseudo dark matches like sure. after the tryout. So she's officially there. All right. Yeah, about Casey Navarro, but I know he was in the tryouts too. Um, tits Alexander might be the hot commodity on the indies right now. Let's go, Tits. I'm just saying, buy that stock. Buy yeah. that stock. Um, well, I was trying to lead you into a, a segue into Vikingo, who, if he <laughs> was able to drop on the market, I think he would be the hottest free agent. Um, Tell us about the interest. You brought this to my attention. I had no idea. And I jumped on Twitter to like research. And I was like, whoa, this is uh, definitely notable. Yeah. So the big news is uh, I forget which indie it first came about with, but then Warrior Wrestling, who is somehow still breathing, confirmed it as well. That they aren't able to. Stream. It was CZW or uh, uh, not CZW. The, uh, you know, basically CZW, but everyone loves it. Uh <laughs> Game changer. It was game changer. Uh, um, and then, yeah, sorry, Joey and Tyler. Also furthered it. Vikingo can be booked for matches in America, but AAA will not allow any of his matches to be streamed or re like recorded or shared in any form. So if you get Vikingo in your promotion, you get the live match. You don't get to show it on your stream, so you're going to get a big gap in your stream where I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And that's that's it. There's there's no playing ball here. He was also announced to be the final entrant in the Battle of Los oh, uh, Angeles next yes. month. I wonder if that is going to change before it starts knowing this information. I don't think so, because, I mean, I would assume that he... You could record his stuff, I'm sure, but streaming makes sense. But it's like you're not going to be able to watch Bowl until like fucking April anyway. So what does it matter? Um, for those of you who don't know, Vikingo is like, I I think the best luchadors in the world right now. I think I've got Ray Phoenix one and Vikingo two. There's a real argument that Vikingo could be number one. Yeah, it's kind of a one A one B sort of situation with those two. Yeah. I think I go with Phoenix just because of the track record, but dude, Vikingo is that guy. And if he were to be a free agent, 
Could you imagine if AEW lands Vikingo and has Bandito on the roster and we've got Dragon Lee working Ring of Honor? Dude, we've got like some of the best luchas in the Who's Sorry, Dragon Listico. <laughs> who the Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? It's Griff Garrison. Yeah, I know. I um I, we need to repackage the Varsity Blondes. We have to. Smart Mark stole their trademark on Varsity. <laughs> Just the blondes. Um so yeah, I th- I wanted to briefly talk about Vikingo. Um I don't know. The idea of him and Bola is insane. Would not be shocked if he wins the whole thing. Um I'm hoping first round we get Bandito versus Vikingo. Um if that's the case, I'm pre-ordering the Blu-rays. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I think Vikingo is that dude and he's so special. So if you're not familiar, get familiar. Do we know uh like with AAA contract like how long he's there for? No, dude. There, I I have zero feel for for uh the Luchas. Yeah, a, a lot of contracts like that are are very odd. That's why it was like I had no feel on Bandito because I feel like he had been a free agent for like since the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that said, you ready to uh, get to the main event? Let's Winter's coming, baby. All right, winter is here. Although. I have had a surprisingly tame winter by Saskatchewan standards so far. Granted, we're just getting going, but we've only had one one real cold spell in the, the minus 30s or 40s um, Celsius, which for us, I don't know what that converts to Fahrenheit, but if you live in a warm climate, you probably get a cry when you see it because I'm calling it not that cold yet at minus 37 Canadian. <laughs> but, I mean, we haven't even had snow yet. It's like raining today and people forgot how to drive. So if it starts getting nasty, I don't know. I would like a white Christmas. Hopefully next week, whenever we talk about dynamite, the, the holiday special, we, uh, we get some snow. But speaking of snow, uh, Tony Khan, the snowman gave us an amazing show tonight. I got nothing. <laughs> sure. Well, do a, do to the any of the editors listening to this do a an edit of the greatest showman and just show tony khan doing a bunch of blow (laughs) and send that to me it'll be the greatest thing ever i appreciate you very much um (laughs) sorry i'm really tired fake energy becomes real energy let's talk about winter is coming we kick off. We've got the whole preview for the night, all to that NBA basketball theme that he bought the rights to. <laughs> did have you ever? So it's called Round Ball Rock. Yeah. Uh, from John Tess. Did you ever see the SNL skit about that song? I, I don't think so. No. So Jason Sudeikis plays uh, John Tesh, and then Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave Fame in his only season on SNL places like dipshit brother who made really like aggressively annoying lyrics to the song 
And so now every time I hear it, all I can think of is basketball. Gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. It's stuck in my head and I I genuinely love it. So the fact that Tony Khan got the rights for round ball rock and we're playing it for this best of seven is spectacular. Huge fan. If I was a billionaire, I I would do shit like this. You know that he was like working on his simulator and he would like play stuff. Like he would be like, oh, I gotta, and he'd play the song and he'd run down the car and be like, Booker of the Year right here. Huh. So we do start off with round four of that best of seven match. The Elite come out. We get carry on again. Um, the crowd goes nuts again. They're starting to sing to the theme this time. I was going to say, this was the first time that uh, the crowd had sing along to it. And before we get started, let's talk about this crowd. This That's is one of like... Uh, yeah, I was just about to say that. Um this crowd in Dallas really brought it. Um, and this match was no exception. Nope. They were awesome. Yep. Big, big time entrances for a big time feel match. We had a couple stories going on in the match. Nick leaving with his faux ankle injury. Um, unfortunately, Brandon Cutler's non-medicinal cold spray was not sufficient to heal it. So he had to go <laughs> get it taped up. Um, once again, Everybody who says the Young Bucks can't tell stories, watch Nick sell this fake ankle injury throughout the match, and it is a work of art how well he gingerly fakes stepping on it so much of the time unless it's absolutely necessary. Like this was the trio's version of a southern style tag. Mm-hmm. Like if you were if you're gonna tell me uh what does a southern style tag but a trio's lucha look like, it's this match. I will hear zero young buck slander, like you were saying, that it's it's so far gone. And I love that all of these matches have been significantly different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that said, I, I hated the finish. I absolutely hated the finish. The uh, Just the hammer spot or? No, the fact that Death Triangle won. Mm, okay. Because now that means the Elite have to win three in a row. And it's going to make these matches more predictable because they're not going to lose next week in the no DQ then they're not going to lose in the false count anywhere because game seven is in Los Angeles and is already being advertised as a ladder match. What is it? Uh, Oh, what do they call it? It's, it's It's Spanish. Yeah. 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 Dude, having seen one in person, the Lucha bros and young bucks tear down the house whenever a ladder is involved. Then you add Kenny Omega and pack into that. Come on. So, like I said, the ending of the match makes this more predictable. And I genuinely hate that. Um, I think the next three matches will be a ton of fun, but we know who's going to win. And that deeply upsets me. We do. Um, But we kind of always knew it was going to seven. It does remove the suspense of which one was the last one the the elite would lose you know we removed that suspense tonight i'm still excited to see what story they decide to tell how they get to the ladder match but it's just definitely fair i also don't know if they were planning on spoiling all the stipulations right away or if a graphic got leaked and then took because the graphic showing those three match stipulations happened before Excalibur. Before the announcement. Revealed it. So 
you know, maybe a bit of tomfoolery going on there, but it's <laughs> man, they should get a new production guy. They should. I I was thinking about the way a lot of uh you know going back to the anal beat saga of twenty twenty two like chess championships take place and how sometimes there can be a lack of drama there with the structure compared to a tennis grand slam where everything is a sudden sure. death. So it's, it's interesting, um, but it is what it is. And it was still a fun match and the latter match will absolutely tear the roof off uh, in LA. Potential match of the year contender. Yep. Again in January. What a theme. Dude, I cannot wait. Next month is going to kick all the oh. ass. We may have had another match of the year contender tonight, but we'll get to that later. Oh, we'll <laughs> get there. We'll get there. Before we get there, we got a whack load of promos coming up after this elite match. It was promo <laughs> 25 minutes straight. It was kind of bizarre. Like I, Who even made mention? Oh, it was Kenny Omega was like, listen, you're about to hear a lot of talking tonight, but give me two seconds here, uh, yeah. dude. Kenneth is the best. Uh, I'm I'm genuinely glad to have him back. Daddy Geek TK must have found something in the ratings that told him like that 25 minutes was best for promos, so he jammed them all into it. I don't know, but they need to figure out the ratings for sure. Yeah, it's been a little um, suspect recently. <laughs> Has not been trending in a good direction. I can barely remember what order these promos went in because they just happened all after another. Yeah. Was JF the first? I think he was the first. Yeah, they started off um, yeah, MJF talking about how Ricky Starks just isn't up to his, you know, his league and then, you know, towards the end of the night we got the Ricky Starks one right before the main event. Um, I like all of this. These guys have such, like awesome, awesome chemistry. And we are definitely getting more matches between these two. Like we like we said last week about uh, Yuta and Garcia, you you look at a lot of these younger guys, as long as they stay in the same fed, they're going to have matches forever. And, the, and it's going to be great. And MJF genuinely made me think, he's not wrong. Every single promo or promo that he's had has been a home run. It's it's like it's it's spectacular. Like I don't think he's gonna have wrestler of the year on lockdown just because he wrestled like fucking ten times. Um, he's definitely best promo, and I th- I think he he took that baton from CM Punk and it's uh it's his now. They're gonna name that award after him. Watch. Next, sure. We'll I mean, we can just talk matches. All the promos really just kind of set up stuff for the next couple shows, and it 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 things are going to move at like a glacial pace. No, Swerve was later. It was much later. Um, I so we can just go down. No, uh, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry about it. Um, let's just time. do the yeah. Let's just do matches because all the promos were kind of like whatever. The Jericho one was interesting, but we can, you know, talk about that. I think the match was more important than the promo. Um, but the next match itself happened a little bit later. It was uh, Jungle Jack Perry defeating Brian Cage in eight minutes. 
this was weird with Brian Cage just having won the, the six-man tags in ROH. Um, Brian loses a lot on Dynamite. Tony Khan makes a fucking example out of him. It, it, he really does. I'm shocked. He had a one-on-one victor, one-on-one loss to like an undersized dude after winning the trio's titles, and it looks like the embassy is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Fucking, I think Tony Khan really shot himself in the foot with this one, but it was a great win for uh, Jack the Giant Slayer. Yeah, cut his little speech after. Give me the biggest bitch in the place. Get Big Bill out here, and Big Bill obliged. So weird. I don't like the name Big Bill. It's, it's going to take me a bit. It is awful. I don't know. I've been calling him Test the whole time, so fuck do I know. Alright, well, we get the save later made by Hook, so we're presumably setting up a tag match between Hook and Jungle Jack Perry well, let's go. against uh, Lee Moriarty and Exam, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you cheeky fuck i uh <laughs> you totally no distracted me say that except to plug that in there i uh i'm gonna guess that we get that match at like new year's slam um and that's that's gonna that's gonna be really fun um but yeah great win for jack Classic good person. to see hook back sorry said will jungle jack and hook receive a passing grade <laughs> Honey, ex roommate, stopped by to visit my wife and I last night, so they're a little, they're coming on a little thick today. So you're feeling it, huh? <laughs> Speaking uh, of feeling it, um, House of Black is back, and I'm feeling it. Um, all of them kind of got a little bit of time to shine. It was a squash match. They beat the shit out of the factory. They killed Lee Johnson. Yeah, dude. They actually that killed was... him, which scared the shit out of me. And also Julia Hart's fiance, so there's that. Um, <laughs> they can definitely run into a story with this if they need to. Working a little bit stiffer than usual. Yeah, Buddy went to kind of flip him on to Cole Carter, whoever's on the table. And I like, I swear I saw Lee's neck snap in real time. That scared the hell out of me. But we yeah. got. We got the big kind of spooky end. But to clarify, he is okay. Yeah. You made it sound like he's like paralyzed now, but I mean there was a moment where I had that thought. That scared me, but yeah, Lee is thankfully fine. Um yeah, we got the spooky entrance. We got Julia doing the hopefully not spooky mist on Nick Camarado. Because mist that doesn't spook you is just Muta mist, which I still don't like, but at least it's not supernatural. That said, if they ended up doing like a Brody Nick Camarado tag team, oh man, I hope <laughs> right. So I'm like, oh, all right, he's sweet. He's just being lawless is... master in the factory right now. This is this is the one time I would be okay with the spooky mist <laughs> is to set up that badass road warrior esque tag team, just two big dudes beating the hell out of people. Um. um Buddy looked good, but there was that botch which kind of, you know, like you said, put a pause in the match. Um, I got nothing else for you. I mean, Malachi just sitting in the corner waiting was kind of dope. So again, there's nothing supernatural about that. That's just an intimidation. Thing. Intimidation like, shit, yeah. Right now. Uh, and then it's uh, 
I don't know what they're calling the black mass. I can't remember, but he hits a spinning heel kick on QT and knocks him out. And the subtle thing that I don't know if it was intentional or not, or if I'm reading too much into it, but the thing I really liked was that when he went for the cover, instead of doing like a, a taunting cover, he went straight, pulled the arm in, hooked the leg and did it like a true professional wrestling win, which hopefully means, you know, the House of Black has a new direction beyond just spooky stuff and it's winning matches and winning championships and i'm all aboard for that ride so that may have been just a coincidence but it was a small thing that made the finish a lot better for me i assume that we're getting the elite versus house of black at revolution you would think right do you think that's going to be for the titles or do you think house of black interferes in the latter match and we keep the titles on the death triangle. We're getting like a month ahead of ourselves. I could see that going either way because the one way to make it unpredictable is to have the elite actually not win the titles in the end. Yeah, but there's like no other trios. Mm-hmm. The death triangle have already faced best friends like fucking 20 times for the titles. Uh, you can't do hang. Do what? I was gonna say dark order. We've already done that too. Mm-hmm. And hangman's tied up with Mox. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Blackpool Combat Club, but again, Mox and Danielson are tied up. Whoa. FTR Wardlow. What'd you say? Spoiler alert. We haven't seen what? Danielson. <laughs> Yeah, but like, come on. All right. <laughs> it's not like he went back to Connecticut. Um, My point is, there's not a lot of trios that are credible enough. And I think that that's something Tony Khan needs to work on. Uh, he has two trios titles in his companies, and he needs to get that shit on block. Uh, what's up next? Uh, next up would be match of the year candidates. After Jericho's promo getting a tune-up match to face Action Andretti. Action Andretti, I popped as soon as I saw him. I've seen him before. He's done he's done a few dark matches. I didn't actually see all of them, but I've seen one of his dark matches. But I've watched him on, on some independence before. He's a young up-and-comer, a lot of fun to watch. So I was excited just that he got his that he was gonna get his moment in the ring to take a Judas effect. Um, boy was I wrong. Yeah, he was really good. Sorry, I got a text from the wife. Um, I liked him on Dark. Nothing really memorable. Um, And I swear I saw some highlights of him from CZW this year doing actual like wrestling shit instead of like just all the hardcore stuff. Um, He seems fine. Uh, I definitely didn't buy into him having an amazing match with Chris Jericho. All right. I've been not so subtly telling you that Chris (laughs) Jericho might be my contender for wrestler of the year after this match. Ooh, I think there's a legitimate argument that he is wrestler of the year. This one match alone. So what, in what was supposed to be a squash, the crowd fully got behind the underdog and Chris Jericho ended up losing. And given this kid's aesthetic, 
given his working style, I could see Chris Jericho also having Sammy Guevara mentor this guy. And then we end up getting Sammy Guevara versus Jericho for a stable or whatever. I just, I think we're going to be heading in a, in a really cool direction with action Andretti, which is already a Jericho Appreciation Society name. Imagine him against like next to Cool Hand and Daddy Magic. You've got Action Andretti. Uh, yeah, I I love this. Uh, I know you were kidding whenever you said Match of the Year contender, but like, dude, I went four stars on this. It was a really simple oh, match. This was, easy. and I loved it. This was an easy four star match. They told your typical underdog story. They got the crowd buying into it. We had multiple jobber chants, like, let's go jobber. Let's go jobber. In the ultimate move of just how fucking in tune Chris Jericho is, after the let's go jobber chants die down, when he starts chopping him in the corner, he immediately starts calling him out by name, like, let's go action, give me what you got action, all that stuff. So the jobber chants switched to action chants by the end of the match. Like, oh, Jericho knows what he's doing. What a freaking master. Just like in the moment, pull that off. Crowd was crazy behind it, upset. I mean, Action's a solid wrestler. He's got some awesome, awesome stuff in his arsenal. He's going to be a lot of fun. And he is officially all elite. Graphic came out. I know. I thought it was fake. No. Minutes after the match ended, that graphic launched after the win of his life and no one can ever accuse Chris Jericho of being this selfish guy in wrestling. Does no. he look out for himself? Absolutely. Of course he does. You'd be a moron not to look out for yourself and your best interest. Well, Every- yeah, because he's been around for over 30 years. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everything he's done in this company has been to help younger talent and put people over and make new stars. Literally every mission he's mm-hmm. ever had in this company. It's all he's done for the past three and a half years. And he hit another home run tonight in somehow my match of the night on a card that included the trios match and MJF starts for the title and a Chris Jericho jobber match took the cake. Yeah, I genuinely, genuinely bought into this match. Um, Even during the pit, it went picture in picture. And again, watching on somehow we're going picture in picture. Dude, this was a masterclass and uh, it Again, this feels like an ECW storyline. I mean, I mean, even that it's also an old school territory storyline. Like, yeah, this kid had a match against one of the greatest, and now, like, look out for him. You can't do this for everybody because then you can see it coming and it's predictable. But man, keep an eye out on action. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. I, was so into this and i like i said i think it was the much needed cherry on top of like yeah will osprey has incredible matches but jericho is so consistent on almost a week in week out basis for like a genuine wrestling promotion that's an alternative to wwe in 2022 Jericho's that dude, and we can have that greater conversation, you know, in the next couple of weeks as we wind down and do end of year stuff. But man, this was awesome. Man, Jericho's tantrum after was fun too. <laughs> it's great. It's excellent. 
Yeah. Everything this guy does is great, except the mimosa the match. Truck down. <laughs> he like barely, like gently shut the door. Oh, I loved it. Um, He's the best. It was fantastic, and I mean, set up the thing with Garcia getting mentored by Sammy too, which is going to be interesting. But for the love of God, why are we doing Sammy versus Moxley? We were supposed to finally move on from JAS BCC. Stretch it out, man. But, anyways, we move on to Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho against Ty Mello. Starts. What were your expectations going into this match? They were pretty low, right? Insanely low. Insanely low. I was talking after Soraya's match that I was scared to death of Ty Mello ever got in the ring with her. Um, This match definitely exceeded my expectations. I am sure the hot crowd helped, but I mean, the DD tie on the apron looked sick. They were trying. I think to... the fact that they actually laid their stuff in helped out okay. immensely. So, are we getting a clue that maybe that's going to be more the norm? I mean, she does promo on Hater too. I'm going to show. Oh you my god! Style and like we know Hater is one of the toughest women in that locker room because she's like she vacated two Stardom titles. She can handle it. Are we mm-hmm. actually going to start hitting stiff? Between Athena and Ty and Ruby and this Sheeta, like, are we are we actually finally turning that fucking corner? I hope so. This division deeply needs it. Like I said last week, if this division starts hitting hard, it's mm-hmm. the best women's division in the world. Sorry to all the Joshi people out there; they just don't have the microscope that AEW does, and it would it would silence the critics. And um, can we acknowledge that? the difference is just hitting hard it's not a question of needing super athleticism to do a bunch of moves the guys can't do it's literally just laying your shit in that's the difference maker right now it's just being believable and looking yeah. cool and that has, yeah, that has that's that's to do with the gender gap all i ask that is just laying in your shit i think we're going to find out if the division is actually changing next week whenever we get 100%. hater versus sheeta yeah. we know um, what hate will be but we we know there's two versions of Shida, and we're going to see which one we get. I know. As much as I love Hikaru Shida, it's just like her ceiling is so high, and her low is just so mediocre. Like I, if if her floor was higher, I would be so excited for this. But I'm just like I, much like this match, I'm going to go in with low expectations, even though I really thoroughly enjoy. They're my two favorite women in the entire division, uh, bar none. Uh, I'm I'm still going in with low expectations, hoping that they blow me away. And now it really is time for the main event. We get to, to MJF and Ricky Starks. Uh, what did you think about this? It took me a little bit to get into. It took me a long time to get into. I hated the finish. It was very weird that Starks no-sold the nut shot immediately after getting pinned and laid there like he got knocked out. Um, it was a little sloppy. There, it was extremely sloppy. There were some missed spots. There was some miscommunication. It was not what I was hoping for. Still excited for future ones because I know they can do better and they will. I want to say this. I also went four stars on this. 
And I think I attribute most of the sloppiness to being excited, working with the hot crowd. MJF works a very certain style and plays to your strengths, which is why I think he's such an underrated wrestler. He will keep, he can keep up the pace with anybody. You want to work super slow. Like he did with Jericho. He can do it better than anybody. Oh, that's not true, but you know, I'll write up there with everybody. Um, I think he was just working really fast because Ricky Starks was working really fast. And I, I think they just got ahead of themselves several times that said it came off. Like they were genuinely trying to beat the other person. And I thought the second half of the match was incredibly compelling. Um, especially given the fact that we knew the result. Um, I, I genuinely liked it. I, I'm going to go a shade under four, three and three fourths. Um, I think the crowd helped us out a ton, but I think the crowd also was like gasoline on the fire for Ricky Starks to go above and beyond. So, you know, that's, that's just what you're going to get. And yes, do these guys have a better version of this match? Yes. And it will be a pay-per-view main event down the road. Like that's just how it is. Um, so yeah, that said, I, I was highly critical of this match, but I, I genuinely enjoyed it towards the end. I yeah, I don't have much to add to it. I, the popcorn spot made me a little sad for that fan. That was probably twenty dollar popcorn that <laughs> went over. But uh, I was talking earlier during the the BCC promo about it being very suspicious that we hadn't seen Danielson back since Regal, and lo and behold, there he shows up after the event to confront MJF chase him out of the building, accidentally catch him and have to let him run. <laughs> so we're getting MJF versus Danielson at Revolution, and that is one hell of a main event. Again, do you know how many fucking match of the year contenders we're going to have by mid-March? It's going to be insane. Always a home run. Like... Dude, imagine what these two are going to do at the pay-per-view. If the build... They have like three months to build to this. They got to do it just right. Because Danielson promos, he, he can't he can't go toe-to-toe with MJF. And they're gonna have to they're he's probably gonna have to do the gauntlet thing, which would be amazing. And then we get all these past opponents. Uh, we we've seen what it's like whenever someone brand new starts a feud with MJF. And uh, I think we're gonna get the hits, and I think they're they're gonna be great. But it's a three-month build. Yeah. Um, that that might get long in the tooth. Um, but yeah, that said, I, I thought this show was excellent. I think the hot crowd took this from being like, yeah, that was a good episode. Kind of disappointing for winter is coming. When you look at the card, you're like, uh, yeah, on paper, that's not the strongest. So I again, I expect low-ish ratings tomorrow. Um. But yeah, that crowd, dude, made this like a can't miss show. Genuinely loved it. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to see where everything else goes. Great time. Action Andretti was the highlight of my night. How is that like such a wacky world? Did not see that coming. Nope. And I don't I don't want to say star making performance for our dude action. Is pretty close. 
It was yeah. pretty close. Jericho and that crowd did him a lot of favors. It had a lot of vibes like Wheeler Yuta Moxley when Yuta yeah. out of the freaking Death Rider. And... But even more random. Yeah. Because we had at least seen like Yuta's independent stuff and we're just like, you guys have no yeah. idea. We didn't shut up about Yuta. I mean, I was <laughs> independent stuff, but I was like, man, this guy's freaking awesome. I'm excited. I didn't yeah, I don't watch I Wheeler Yuta. But... Yeah, I um, yeah, genuinely great show. I I still think my highlight was the opening match, just because I was expecting something crazy, and then I got a, like a southern tag, and I was like, oh okay, yeah, I like this. Um, like I said, I I hate the finish, the elite obviously winning the next two to set up to seven, is kind of a bummer, but here we are, and there we go. <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for the show. Anything else you want to add before we scoot? No, it was a, a low news week. We just had some softcore porn scandals and let's go jobber chance. That's about all that happened. So. Well, until next time, I'm Jake. <laughs> I'm Mitch. We're the Bingo Hall boys. I don't know.